Welcome back to Low Definition. My name is Steve Lutz, and I had a problem. I had all of these crazy words laying around cluttering up the house. So I thought to myself, how can I get rid of all these surplus parts of speech while at the same time irritating as many other people as possible? The answer to that question is this podcast. So let's see who will be irritating tonight. Uh, first up, once again, representing the interests of the great nation of Tukland, it's Erica Ensign. Hi, Erica. Hi, I have a new strategy tonight. Um, since my last uh, appearance was, was abysmal, uh, I've decided to try drinking this time. So we'll see Excellent. how that goes. <laughs> yes. Well, it works for me, by which I mean it doesn't work at all because I am a train wreck. However, uh, maybe it'll work for you. We'll see how it goes. Uh, mm -hmm. Playing second. I'm always happy to have him here, but I'm starting to wonder if he isn't a bit of a masochist. It's Brian Hamilton. Good day, Brian. Hey, have you guys seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? It's like this, mm. episode five. This podcast oh. is over. This one's mm. going to be the good one, then. Civil War the is one. still going to be relevant when this comes out, right? Yes, I'm <laughs> sure it will. I hope so. It's not disposable entertainment at all. Uh, apparently, we're a little behind on our Canadian quota this month, so at great expense, we've had to bring in new player Stephen Shapansky. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much. Being from Canada, we have fewer words in our dictionary, so I don't <laughs> expect to do very well tonight. Well, uh, that's all right. I, I'm sure you can uh, borrow some from the state at uh, taxpayer expense. Uh, batting cleanup. Cross-border shopping. <laughs> <laughs> batting cleanup and filling out our Canadian triumvirate, it's Tony Sutterth. <laughs> Wait, not, not Tony, Chip, Chip Sutter. I'm being told it's Chip Sutter, also not from Canada. Anyway, uh, good day, Chip, you hoser. <laughs> now, I've got to know so one thing, Steve. Um, What's that? That guy, you know, yeah. you know that guy, the guy Which who guy? knows all the words, that, oh, that, that David guy. guy. He's not in yeah. on this one, is he? Uh, I don't know. We got two more people to introduce. He might be. We'll just have to see. Oh, my God. So, oh, you know, gird yourself. It's, 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 it, it, Last time I was here, you had another player here who knew words. Yeah, that's, words that's a big mistake. Things. Words mean things. You should never have people on your podcast who are good at your podcast. That's the way I feel, generally. Speaking of which, uh, some say he ruins podcasts. Others say he greatly enhances them. The first group is right. Either way, it's Glenn Fleischman. Hi, Glenn. Hello. You'll always be my Art Fleming. I don't know what that is. It's Team Old Man. It's all right. Oh, God. look it up. It like it's some, in a dictionary. Sounds like something you'd cough up into a handkerchief. <laughs> yeah. Artfully. Which is an accurate description as well. Oh, I miss David uh, already. You miss who? David. Who? Oh, yeah. I miss him. I miss him too, Glenn. We're naming carefully. Let's have enough. a moment of silence. Okay, that's over with. <laughs> and uh, Aline Sims is back with us as well. Aline, given your rapid pace of improvement, you are the early favorite to win in the robust low definition prediction markets. What do you think of that? Um, I'm sorry to everybody who bet on me. <laughs> well, don't count your chickens too soon. This may be the one uh, that you win. You never know. I, I have a history with this show. I'm just, just, just saying there's a track yeah, record I need to uphold here. So Aline, <clears throat> Aline, look at the people you're playing against. <laughs> <laughs> so moving right along. Oh, by the way, those players were introduced in order of play as determined by random.org. At random.org, we're Grotod Modnar backwards. So here's how we play the game. Uh, each round, I will read a word that I've made up. I mean, a real word, a real word that I've carefully researched and cross-referenced with multiple reliable sources. Definitely a real word. Uh, each of you will then send me a definition for that word. If you know the actual definition, send me that, and you will receive a cool three points. 
If you don't know the real definition, send me a fake one that you think might fool the other players. I will then read the definitions and give you each a chance to guess which one is real. You get two points for guessing correctly and one additional point for each player you fool with your fake definition. First player to 18 wins. Uh, why 18? Well, I know, but I'm not telling you. Oh, and uh, <laughs> just one more thing. If nobody in the round guesses the correct definition, I assign myself six points as punishment. Whoa. If this happens three <laughs> times, I win the game and everyone else is sad. So unless you're a masochist like Brian, guess better. I'm already sad, though, Steve. Yeah. I well, see since I see uh, there has been a certain inflation in the Steve Lutz points assignment since I last played. There has because I was I was too depressed about being in the back of the of the pack every time. And now I'm still in the back of the pack every time, but I feel better about my chances of advancing. So, welcome to real life. It's Steve. 6 now. It's true. <laughs> it's a depressing place. So, uh, let's see if we can brighten it up with a dumb game show, huh? Yay! Yay! That's the spirit. <laughs> Yay. So let's start off with round one, which is uh, the traditional place where we start low definition. And uh, this is the word for round one, so prepare yourself. The word for round one is ball hooter. <laughs> of course Christ. it is. <laughs> You've outdone yourself. Ball hooter. B-A-L-L. H-O-O-T-E-R. Just like you'd expect. Oh, my God. Ball hooter. You've outdone yourself. Please we're, we're, send me your definitions for ball He's outdone hooter. himself and undone no. me. We've reached peak Steve, and it's the first word. <laughs> well, it's all you know, I, like to get, I like to get things off on the right footing. <laughs> ball hooter. Ball hooter. Wow. <laughs> He's the ball. The Who's ball with the hooter touch. <laughs> you guys are weird. There were those lawsuits uh, when, um, or the threatened lawsuits when the restaurant chain here in America, Hooters, was uh, was accused of discriminating against female against male employees. That, Why that, aren't you using this gold for your definition there, yeah, Jeff? You're ruining it. Now, <laughs> mm. oh, see, guys, the danger of putting butts in your back channel before the game starts is I might <laughs> inadvertently think that that is your definition for ball hater. <laughs> I hate it when we put butts in the back Which channel. Which I almost... Oh, no. You'll be surprised to note that Brian has just sent butts again. <laughs> I'm picking that definition. Is this back channel only available to uh, Americans? I feel like I'm uh, left out. Well, there's a back bacon channel for your kind. Oh, that's good. Or as we call it, bacon. I mean, we just got Apple Pay here, so I mean, you know, go easy on us. Yeah. Oh, thank God you finally got that Apple Pay. Your life is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we send this to the group, right? No. <laughs> Ruin. Podcast ruiner. Well, I'm good. At Starts that. it early. That's previously established. Lane's still waiting on you. And everybody's talking. Oh, God. Stop talking, people. Sorry. My God. <laughs> She's trying to concentrate. It's only I can't a podcast. Write. I know. I can't write while you're, you're, you're saying things. Mute your computer. You'll feel better that way. Just in general, actually, when you're podcasting <laughs> with us. Every once in a while. See, see, I felt pressure because whenever I listen to this, the uh, the gap in between is like maybe 10, 15 seconds. I never assume it's edited. I just assume everyone's on the ball. <laughs> 
That's because you don't edit things. I ah, oh. <laughs> don't sing. Oh, wow. Hate him mm. I just edited what I was about to say to you, Chip. So <laughs> uh, edit you, man. Edit you and it. It hurts to see a ball hooter. <laughs> I hate you all for ruining Moon River for me. I love oh, that dear. song. Or I loved that song. I'm sorry, what song? Ball <laughs> hooter. You're the worst. You're all the worst. You just you can't you can't I'll let them see crossing you. you in style. You can't let them see you flinch, Erica. That's that's the thing. I'm very bad at that. <laughs> yeah, or maybe I, I, I actually love all these songs, and I'm just trying to get them to sing them to me as much as possible. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, all of the definitions are now in for Ball Hooter. Ball Hooter! And, oh boy, has it been worth the wait, let me tell you. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh wait. So I shall now read them to you in okay. random order, and you must decide which one of those is the <laughs> real definition. I ball suspect hooter. that means that Somebody didn't get the right one. That is... Let me check. Nope. Still not right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's, uh, let's hear the definitions now. Ball hooter. A rugby referee. A lumberjack who rolls logs down steep slopes. Originally a French phrase, ball haute auteur, this is someone who is the best dancer at a ball or formal dance. A plumber's tool. An alternate name for a jockstrap. <laughs> a rounded microphone used during the early days of radio broadcasting. Or a 19th century slang term for a person who taunted baseball players during games. Those are your options for ball hooter. Wow. You just need to tell me which one of those is correct. And we will start with Erica Ensign. Erica, which of those is a ball hooter? I'm pretty sure it's the plumber's tool. The plumber's tool for mm -hmm. Erica. All righty then. I believe I once read a romance novel by that title. <laughs> Ryan Hamilton. What's a There's ball hooter? There's no way it's not the jockstrap. There's no way it's not the jockstrap, says Brian Hamilton. Episode that on the DVD cover. Okay. Steven I am going to go with oh I'm going to go with a microphone alright microphone for you uh, not Tony Chip I mean Chip <laughs> that never gets old it really doesn't it's totally old um, I'm going with the rugby definition a rugby referee for Chip Sutter. Well, these are nicely spread out. Steve is not getting points on this one, I fear. Mm, it's not very nice. Let's see if uh, Glenn can uh, lump on with somebody else here. Oh, Glenn, man. what do you think? Can, wait, can you tell me whatever I picked already or no? Uh, sure, I can tell you. <laughs> I was staring at so, the definition. So far right chosen have been a rugby referee, a plumber's tool, an alternate name for a jock strap, and a rounded microphone used during the early days of radio broadcasting. Well, let's see here. I should know. It's in my wheelhouse to know what a 19th century slang for a baseball ta taunter is. So I think it's a rounded microphone. I'm going to say that. Okay. I'm ruining. Steve might get points as a result, but that's whatever. And Aline. All right. So I almost put something about taunting sports players. So I'm not going with that one. Um, 
best dancer or a lumberjack um <laughs> that's a question that i, I living in canada you know why not good thing I'm married because otherwise i'd have to think about that every day <laughs> um i am a lumberjack and i can't dance <laughs> all right you talked me into it lumberjack who rolls logs down steep slopes <clears throat> all right just, just for the song the log rolling lean okay so uh let's start with this one uh chip thought that a ball hooter was a rugby referee that was, in fact, Brian Hamilton's answer. Ooh, nice. Erica thought it was a plumber's tool. Mm-hmm. That was Chip's answer. Darr. Yay. Brian thought that, uh, a bit on the nose, but he believed it was an alternate <laughs> name for a jockstrap, which you do not actually wear on your nose, but I think you know what I mean. That was, in fact, Aline's answer. Oh, wee. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Glenn and Stephen both thought that a ball hooter was a rounded microphone used during the early days of radio broadcasting. That definition was, in fact, written by Erica. Oh, nice. nice. Apparently, drinking is working for me. <laughs> Aline, on the other hand, had to decide between best dancer and the lumberjack. As you do. I can tell you right now, one of those is the correct answer, and one of those is not. Aline chose the lumberjack. A lumberjack's a ball hooter. Oh, I really? knew the French one was Glenn's. What? I sank you myself are... with the stupid song. You think it is me? <laughs> I would not say anything about that ball hot at you if I were you. Oh, you know, I, I have actually been to the Lumberjack World Championships oh my in northern Wisconsin. Did you see a lot times. of ball hooters there? And I did, but I guess I guess I forgot the term. I, it was in my younger days, so I'm, I, I'm a little I, peeved at myself now. And I saw the stadium where it took place, and it is worthy of Lambeau Field-like comparisons. <laughs> nice. In regards to northern Wisconsin, uh, you know, stadium icons. Mm-hmm. So after surviving the ball hooter, here's how the scores stand. Aline <laughs> leads with three points after round one. I told you, Aline, you're going to win this one. I feel it. All right, let's do it. Glad I put all my life savings on you. Let's go, Sing Aline. more songs, Steve. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Shh, they're going to figure out that's our little deal. <laughs> uh, Erica's in second with two points. Uh, tied for third with one each, Brian and Chip. And taking up the rear... With zero points each, Stephen, Glenn, and me. Woohoo! Tied! Yay! <clears throat> but there's still a lot of game left to play, so let's see what happens in round two. The word for round two is caprification. Caprification. C A P R I F I C A T I O N. Caprification. It's my favorite Red Chili Peppers song. Please send me your definitions mm. for caprification now. I know you're probably not going to believe this, but it's actually uh, in in the late 40s, early 50s, whenever a film needed to be cleaned up, like for the censors, it would often <laughs> sort of have Frank Capra come in and do a pass on it. Mm. Caprification. Yeah. Way to waste a good definition on the jokey See, part. Again, you should be saving that gold for your, your definition. <laughs> I figure no one yep. would believe me. He's got something really good for his definition. Yeah, see, that was that, that's the decoy, all right? That's the warning shot. <laughs> he could just toss that out there from his surplus. Just showing off. So, Brian, you figured the uh, the correct answer to that last one was jockstrap related just because you think that that's the sort of thing I would uh, I would be amused by? Is that, oh, 100%. Is that 100%. Oh, 
What must you And what was up with the sound of shock and awe when it was my definition? I don't know. I would have guessed you did something a little bit more, um, oh, what's the word? Not jockstrappy? What is the word? (laughs) I don't think that's a word. That is not a word. I think you made that up. Yeah. I'm docking two points from Brian. No! For using a non-word. No, I'm not really doing that. Oh, thank God. Because I only have one point. We have to go into negative territory at that point. Yes, yes. I don't know if your spreadsheet can handle it. It can't. So this won't happen. Do not put stress on the spreadsheet. <laughs> Actually, the spreadsheet has come through like a champ the last couple of games. I'm the ah. one who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> if I could handle my own spreadsheet, this would just be clockwork. <laughs> Picnic. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Not yours. This one I just read, though, was pretty good. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so nice not to have to use that sad face column all the time. Ah, you hear that? Yeah, it's David? a very different different experience playing with no David around. Such a burden lifted off of me. I can still hear him in the back of my mind. Oh, I know. He's <laughs> somewhere. Always. He knows these words. That's the worst thing. He's always there. <laughs> he doesn't know we're talking about them, but he knows the words. All right. Whenever everyone has their definitions, and I have a, a, a definition I want to uh, throw at you that I didn't use. The first thing Throw I, it at us, dude. All right. All right. It's, uh, I was thinking of or pertaining to a movie like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't use that one. Vacation, yeah. So, yeah, that was a bad definition. Actually, it's not bad. No, well, there's not a word. I was just that. messing with you. Hey, you just double bluffed me. Hey, we just had, we had a word in a previous round that was uh, a neighbor whose house is on fire. I think it's possible there could be a word about Capra coming in and tweaking movies. That's true. Steven is really handcrafting this. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, I, I, I really should have saved the capper one. <laughs> Artisanal handcrafted low definition definitions. Yeah. Expect a similar joke. That's when, the only way they make them. Expect, expect a similar joke when copulification comes up as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Taking three years to shoot a movie and then doing it over budget. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Interesting. What about copulification? Is that when you import a certain kind of ham? That's a very complicated I need the oh, flow chart for that one. Well, I was thinking mortadella, and then you open a restaurant, and you have your own wine, and you make a movie. Uh, I'll get a flow chart. Don't worry. I believe the ruining process has begun. <laughs> <laughs> it I starts went to here. I uh, Coppola winery, one, or vi- vineyard, wow, not winery, vineyard uh, a few years ago. It was really nice. That's uh, when, after you produce something really great, your daughter comes along and devalues it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, them be fighting words, Steve. Hmm. I don't care. Okay, so <laughs> all the definitions are in for caprification. Sorry, Sophia. <laughs> You'll never get I haven't seen any yet. of those movies, so it means nothing to Actually, me. she's a great director. She's incredible, yeah. Was it Lost I in Translation? Lost in Translation. So Lost is amazing. Incredible. A lot of people aren't fans, but I was. Okay, so the word was <laughs> caprification. These are the definitions okay. provided by you, plus a real one in there somewhere. Caprification, the artificial pollination of cultivated figs by wasps. Yum. In mythology, someone turned into a goat. A scientific term that indicates the level of hardening of stalagmites. The process by which a stalagmite becomes shorter when the climate becomes drier. <laughs> Wow. Uh, people with stalagmites on the brain. If you're having a problem with your stalagmite. 
to shoplift, the process by which amber hardens, or the process of turning full-length trousers into capris. Those are your oh, options. Wait, 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 I miss what, to shoplift and amber? To shoplift and the process by which amber hardens. Oh, exactly. that process. was one clue and I couldn't figure it out together. It's like. No, no, I would have helpfully inserted a semicolon as is my want were that the case. Uh, you said stalagmites in both cases with a G. Correct? Stalagmites, okay. which means they might grow up from the bottom. They so, do not hang tight from so the ceiling. Stag stalagmites use Viagra for stalactites use Viagra. Uh, yes. Okay. Ask your doctor about caprification. Would you please distinguish between the stalagmite options, please? Uh, yes. One is a scientific term that indicates the level of hardening of stalagmites. <laughs> Do you have something to share with the class, Glenn? You just wanted me to say that one again, didn't you, Stephen? <laughs> the other well, is the process by which a stalagmite becomes shorter <laughs> when the climate becomes drier. Wow which I believe they make lubricants for now. Those are so, so beautiful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Independent so, discovery. Uh, first up to guess on this train wreck is Brian. Congratulations, Brian. No. How many of those <laughs> do you think is caprification? <laughs> mm. So did two people just come up with randomly stalagmite things, or does somebody almost know it and not quite? This is my question. Well, it, I, there were two definitions here that were sufficiently different that I did not feel... Mm that they could be combined in some way. I will leave it at that. No, I agree. I don't think they're the same. I'm just, I just, I, I can't wait until this is over and I find out the answer. Yes. I am torn between hardening amber and hardening stalagmites. Let's ask Amber about um, that. See what she says. between two lovers feeling like a fool. Hmm. One is hardened amber. Spirits of correct words guide me. Um... Wait, I'm just getting a call from David. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hang up on him. I don't want you to have the advantage here. I'm going with stalagmites. Uh, hardening of stalagmites, or the term for... Which, whichever was the first one of the stalagmite uh, chronicles. The level of hardening <laughs> of stalagmites. Yes. That's my that. favorite book in the series. Yeah. As long as it's hardening, you are all for it. Basically. A collection of stag stalagmites owned by Warren G. Harden hardening. Hardening. And moving along, <laughs> Stephen. <Jesus Christ. laughs> what do you think, Stephen? I'm going to go with the amber one. Ooh, bad. I mean, good idea. Yeah, it's <laughs> a perfectly reasonable one. Chip. Doing great. I'm going to go with the shorter stalagmite. Okay. The one that's been caprified, perhaps. It's, it's a I'm... matter of personal preference. Some like good. their stalagmites short, some like them hard. It's just, uh, you know, Jesus <laughs> Christ <laughs> Almighty. It's a family show. Glenn's kids, hide your ears. What? They're going to listen to this eventually. Just talking about stalagmites. Hi, kids. You shut your mouth. Glenn. Oh, good Lord. I'm going with. Tell uh, me what caprification is, Glenn. I like uh, artificial pollination of. Ar uh, wait, 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 wait. Is it artificial pollination of figs by wasps? Is that it? The. Artificial pollination of cultivated figs by wasps. Mm. Now that I hear that again, hmm. I actually hmm. suspected my fake definition was the right one, but it was not. Um, Would it help you if I sang a song of some kind? Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> no, that's but, for me. Oh. Uh, I told I cannot. Caprification. 
That's the word, right? I'm sorry, but I agree with your pardon. Right, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going. With you want me to read through them real fast? Hard, again, Glenn? Hardening of stalagmites. Hardening of stalagmites. Hardening. Hardening of stalagmites. Yeah, I got to go with that. You and Brian are hard men. But a hard decision to make. Aline. Okay, so someone turned into a goat. I think that would be something more along the lines of pan. I don't think it's shoplifting. Uh, it's one hour show, folks. I know. I know the two stalagmite <laughs> ones. I don't know. I was hoping Glenn would go with something unique and I'd be like, one of the ones Glenn didn't pick, and then it'd be easier. But um Never base your decisions on what Glenn does. That's something you should learn, learn early and often. Sometimes I pick my own clues. It's happened in previous episodes. Uh, that's true. Okay. Um I'm capricious. All right, I'll go with stalagmite becoming shorter was my first my first thought. Okay. And Erica, what do you oh think God. caprification is? Oh boy. I'm gonna go with a goat one. Going with a goat. Yeah. Okay. Bad just, idea. Just, I don't know. They're no oh, as bad as that. <laughs> all right. All the votes are in. Let me tell you how that went down. Oh man. Uh, we'll start off Poorly. with the last one. Uh Erica thought that caprification was in mythology, someone turned into a goat. That was Glenn Fleischman's answer. <laughs> Moving along to Glenn and Brian, they both thought that caprification was a scientific term that indicates the level of hardening of stalagmites. That was actually Stephen's answer. Nice job. What? Chip and Aline, meanwhile, thought that, sure, it was a stalagmite, but it's not something that hardens. It's something that becomes shorter when the climate becomes drier. That, oddly enough, was written by Stephen's wife, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) What? Collusion! (laughs) Collusion! (laughs) We've been living together for far too long, I think. (laughs) I need to take a vacation. I guess so. I'm frightened. Well, uh, that leaves uh, Stephen himself, who believed that uh, caprification might be the process by which amber hardens. Was he right? Chip Sutterth? He was not. He was not. Ah! Nope, that was Chip's answer. What does that mean? That means I get six points. Oh, no. It's oh, curses. It's not the crazy no. round yet. Round two. I love you, round Curses. So after two rounds, that means uh, the scores break down as follows. Who's in the lead and has two thumbs? This guy. You can't see the two thumbs right now. But, but you're me, leaving, leaving us hanging, myself. sir. What is caprification? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to know, do you? I do. <laughs> How much does that cost? <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself. I was so excited that I did not mention that caprification is the artificial pollination of cultivated figs oh, by wasps. It. I almost did oh that my one. God. Wasps, sometimes called gall wasps, sometimes called fig wasps, for obvious reasons. See, I thought caprification, like Capricorn, is a goat, and I thought that might be the goat thing. That's why I made that one up. It oh, well. was clever. Well, it worked on me. You um, roped in Erica. So after round two, I am in the lead with six points. Uh, tied. Oh, I'm sorry. No. In second place, all by herself with four points is Erica. Aline holding steady. She's at third with three points. Uh, tied for fourth with two points each, Stephen and Chip. Yeah. And tied for sixth with one point apiece, Brian and Glenn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Still lots of game left to go, so don't lose heart. Round three Uh-oh. is a listener word. Woohoo! Ooh. This word was provided by one of our awesome listeners, in this particular case, listener Carl. 
uh, the listener Carl, who goes on Twitter as my Vogon Poetry. So you're oh. probably familiar with listener ah. Carl. Putty, putty, putty. A good fellow mm-hmm. all around, and he provided this terrific word for round three, which is Grim Gribber. Grim Gribber. G R I M G R I B B E R. Grim Gribber. Grim Gribber. Wider than a mile. I'm crossing you in style. That's, you got it. Someday. I was actually going for Moonraker with that first one, but, yeah. you know. I sort of did both at the same time. It was pretty good. I just assume <laughs> Moonraker is just Goldfinger's song like Moon River. That's kind of how I hear it. My Sure. Why not? Oh, uh, please, by the way, send me those definitions for Grim Gribber. <laughs> oh, is that how this works? <laughs> now. Now. I say now at the end of every one of those sentences in homage to 2XL, who used to say now a lot. It's probably too new, but it's also a slang for Zack Snyder's director of photography. Um... <laughs> okay, I'm muting you guys while I come up with my word. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Hey, that Brian Hamilton, he sure, oh, he can hear us. Wait, is he muting us or is he muting himself? Both. Possibly <laughs> both. Don't listen to us, Brian. He just liars. left the room, basically. Sorry, clump, 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 slam. I am out of here. So far, uh, Brian has typed Grim Gribber at me. <laughs> That's a good definition, though. It's, it's a syllogism, but it I guess its it works. I guess I have to give him three points for that. <laughs> oh, he found a, oh, a loophole. A back door. There are no back doors back door. in this game. Only in our minds. Don't know what you mean. It's an enigma wrapped inside a riddle, wrapped inside a raccoon who's captured it and is running off into the woods with it. What are you putting inside of raccoons? Enigmas! Hey, ball hooter. Ball hooters. <laughs> Stalactite or stalagmite? You can remember which is which because you don't care and you never need to use it. So it's not important to remember which I is remember which. which is which because I went to a lot of caves as a child. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, I love caves, man. All right, all of the definitions are in for the word Grimgribber. All righty. Anybody get it right? No. Oh, all right. Uh, all of you were very close, though. Oh, really? <laughs> Great. That's going to be good. It's going to be hard to discern sure. between these answers because you all were so, so nearby the actual definition. I will read you the definitions now. See if you can figure out which one is the real definition for Grim Gripper. One of a small group of spirits who accompanies death to escort the recently departed to their next spiritual plane. Learned gibberish, semicolon, legal jargon. A relative of the weeping willow tree. A street sweeper in 17th century London. A junior boatswain on a sailing ship. An architectural motif used when mounting a gargoyle. Or a collector of souls. Those are the options for Grimgribber. You guys need to choose between those, and the first to choose for round three is Stephen. I've forgotten all Ooh. of them. Um... <laughs> Me too. Let's just forget this whole round ever happened. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I don't think it's a collector of souls, and it's probably not the other ones that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or is it? Well, here's the thing. They're 
all terrible. Yes. And all <laughs> exactly correct. So Yes. I'm gonna go with a collector of souls. A collector of souls. Well, like an urn that you put your souls in or who knows? Uh urn or perhaps a satchel of some sort. Interesting. Someone who's really into mm. shoes. <laughs> or one of those ghostbustery things. Yes, yeah, so there we go. Oh. Uh next up is Chip. Lucky Chip. Hmm. I think I'm going to guess that it's a junior. Are you going to dock me points if I pronounce it Botswain or Boatswain? Do I need to pronounce Since it? Since I right? have no idea which is correct, uh, I'm going to dock you points regardless. It's actually Boson, <laughs> so there you go. You're both oh, it is Boson. Of course <laughs> yep. it is. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right, Glenn, you bastard. Uh, junior Boson. I'm docking Up points air, from Glenn for knowing Boson. that. Okay. Up in the air, fly. The junior Boson. Or Boson. Glenn. Boson. Oh, me? Uh, learned gibberish, semicolon legal jargon. Ooh, going in for the semicolon. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I like those Might be subterfuge. We'll just have to see. Aline, what do you think? Mm, uh, collector of souls, I guess. A collector of souls. Uh, Erica, what do you think of Grim Gribber? I'm going to go with a semicolon as well. Okay. Yep. I'm oh. thinking that, you know, this is a mm-hmm. listener-supplied word. I hate to go along with Glenn. I, let me put that out yeah, there. Yeah, I understand that. But, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a listener-supplied word, so I'm thinking perhaps it's the listener a possibility. enjoyed we'll our, our mocking of semicolons so much that he decided to add in this uh, one. So. Mm-hmm. You realize that next round, every definition will have a semicolon in it. And then I'll pick the one without the semicolon. My so definition there. will be a semicolon. <laughs> By the way, now that you have that useful information, Brian, it's your turn to pick. I like 17th century street sweepers. Mm. Oh, but <laughs> do they now? like you. Who doesn't? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's a long Weep. story. All right, all the votes are in. Let's find out who picked what. Uh, Stephen and Aline both thought that a Grim Gribber was a collector of souls. That was, in fact, Glenn's answer. Boom. Two points for Glenn. I'm holding up double devil horns right now. <laughs> Brian believed a Grim Gribber was a street sweeper in 17th century London. Go figure that Erica Ensign came up with a answer featuring 17th century London. <laughs> he never I swept the He never swept the streets in 17th century London. <laughs> oh, duh. Okay. Now, if it had been night, night soil collector, then that's why they were so grim because <laughs> they were out of a job. Yeah. Uh, Chip, on the other hand, thought that a junior boatswain on a sailing ship, I'm still going to call it boatswain, I'm going back, a junior boatswain on a sailing ship, <laughs> because sailing pronunciations are dumb. Uh, he was, in fact, wrong. That was Stephen Shapansky's answer. That leaves Glenn and Erica, mm. who both believed... What? No, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm excited. I hope we're right, otherwise Steve gets six points. I know, it's okay, terrible. That's really Don't scary. throw me off, Glenn! I'm barely making this thing work as it is. <laughs> Glenn and Erica both thought that a Grim Gribber was learned gibberish, semicolon, legal jargon. He thought perhaps the semicolon was thrown in there by the listener as a bit of uh, as a bit of a joke. Uh oh. And they were correct. Yay! Yeah. That is in fact the definition of a Grim Gribber. <sighs> a, a deep of deep Grim Gribber, I guess I should say. Thanks, listener. Deep Carl. recess of my mind told <laughs> me that was the one when you read it, but I did not for trust my mind. Yeah, stay away from Glenn's deep recesses if you can avoid it. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to waste. 
So after round three, here's what the scores look like. Erica taking a lead with seven points. Good job. Oh, my God. Still in second, though, uh, taking up a very close position behind Erica with six points is me. (laughs) Get as far away from him as possible. In third with five points, largely based on that sweet round for him, Glenn Fleischman. Uh, Tied for fourth with three points each, Aline and Steven. Uh, In sixth place with two points, Chip. And taking up the rear with one point, but surely he'll do better in this round, Brian Hamilton. It's smelly back here at the rear. Go, Brian. Tell me about it. Like the streets of 17th century London. (laughs) (laughs) I recommend the book Ghost Map if you want to know more about street sweeping in London. (laughs) Of course you do. Well, we've defined some words. We've had some fun. uh, But I think let's do something a little different for Uh this round. This is a round I just call... Fartsy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Listen, I'm not, uh, but let's do it. Listen, I, I don't know much about high culture. I, I don't know if you can tell that or not, but uh, I do know that if you slap the weirdest crap you can think of in the middle of a museum and give it a ridiculous name, you've just made art. So in this round, I will give you the name of a piece of art. Uh, an installation, or perhaps even a happening. All you have to do is tell me what weird crap was actually on display during that particular piece of art. Whoa. What? what? Steve, I nice. love you. This is great. I'm not sure I get it, but I'm going to try anyway. Uh, I'm going to tell you the name of an art piece, Glenn. You're going to tell me what that art was. Oh, I'm sorry. Now I get it. Okay. And now for tonight's exhibition. Uh, the artist of this piece, Andrea Canalito. And the art is named Twinkle Twinkle Baby. Please, won't you tell me what Twinkle Twinkle Baby was all about? Now. So what kind of art you mean? Like the medium or what it looks like or? I describe it. Describe it. Okay. I can do that. If I were to go attend this piece of art, what would I bear witness to? Andrea Canalito. A delicious pastry. (laughs) (laughs) A small woven baby. Rough hewn. <laughs> we did have a woven, uh, a woven word Wolf. making appearance in the previous <laughs> game. Semicolon. <laughs> this is a dumb round. These are all better ideas than the actual piece of art. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to this. Is it? Is this exhibit still open? I, I, I might want to. I might want to. I believe it was a short lived thing, as most of these are. My my wife and oh. I were in the the. Uh, Basel Kunstmuseum once, Basel, Switzerland, and uh, it was very empty the day the we were there, now? and there was this exhibit of these, I think it was Cy Twombly or something, and there was bla- uh, brown tape on the floor that was like the closest you could get, uh, because I didn't want people touching the art, and we kept accidentally triggering it, we go over and the alarm would go, and guards would come by and they say, no, it's okay, people are triggering it all the time, just be careful, and That's everywhere we art. went, the whole art was buzz, buzz, all over the museum, because they had, the delineation was so poor, it was like part of the exhibit was people nearly getting thrown to the ground by security guards. And that piece of art was called Operation the Wacky Doctor's Game. That's what it felt like. Yes, that was it. That was it. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a good thing, then, that everybody's uh, crazy art installations are in, and I can now read them to you, and you can be amused. Oh, my God. Or saddened. So one of these is or educated. the actual art installation that was known as Twinkle Twinkle Baby. I'm trying to remember that. You decide which one. A sculpture of a baby made of wax with a lit wick on top. <laughs> Patrons would watch the baby melt over time. 
Oh. A bunch of Christmas lights that spell out, Happy Birthday, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So the entire southern half of the United States. Various Various mobiles for baby cradles. A pile of crumpled candy wrappers surrounded by barbed wire. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell if these are getting better or worse. (laughs) A hollowed out classic television set filled with Christmas lights and pacifiers. (laughs) Enormous cupcakes that appear to have baby deer baked into them. With what? <laughs> what? Baby deer baby baked deer. into them. Mm, you almost taste the baby deer. Or an installation of white holiday lights in a dark room meant to replicate fireflies in the night sky. Wow, what is it about lights? One of those... Oh, twinkle, twinkle. Is twinkle, twinkle, twinkle baby. Yeah. You tell me which. Hmm. Let's start with Chip this round. Hmm. Chip, what is I twinkle, t- twinkle baby? I feel like I need therapy after those days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then it is art. <laughs> My soul having been sufficiently crushed, I am going to go with candy wrappers surrounded by barbed wire. <laughs> okay. So a soul crushing description. Glenn, which of those is Twinkle Twinkle Baby? I have seen a lot of bad art. And the one that I think is most likely to be true is barbed wire and candy wrappers. It just sounds right to me. Okay. <laughs> Aline. Uh, there's a certain morbid poetry to the wax burning baby, so we'll go with that. Okay. Erica, which of these is Twinkle Twinkle Baby? Oh, boy. Um, I'm torn between the the melting baby and the deer cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm fairly confident that that sentence has never been used in the history of mankind. (laughs) (laughs) You were here when that sentence was first used, listeners. Congratulations. Wow. Exciting being it's a part a big of history. Day. I feel like, I'm going to go with... I feel like I've just watched the moon landing. I'm going to go with the cupcakes, um, in part because I am actually wearing pajama pants with cupcakes on them, so I feel like it's uh, it's a theme for me tonight. Come on, that's some lucky solid cupcake logic. pants. Cannot argue with that logic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as good as anybody else's, I think. No offense, guys. None taken. Brian, you're a sort of an arty dude. Can you uh, tell me what tw- tw- Twinkle Twinkle Baby is all about? I'm going with um, the TV filled with pacifiers. Okay. Is that one of them? Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's, it either was or you just made that up in your head just now. This sounds like, Ooh, a, I could sell that. This sounds like a shopping network now. I'm like, I'd like the uh, TV set <laughs> and I'll also take uh, Deer Cupcakes, please. And I'll have the rest in a gift certificate. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Will Fortune. Woo, yeah. Right on. Uh, and Steven, you are last up. What do you think about this one? I'm going to go with the TV set full of, uh, used pacifiers. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I assumed it would be. It's it's already way out there already. I figure it was probably already used as well. Don't think that was specified. <laughs> no. All specified, right. Specified, pacified. I saw an art installation once that um, was supposed to be all about light, and it was uh, an entire floor of a museum. They dimmed the whole thing as you went in so your light's eyes could uh, adjust to the really, really dim lighting, and it was this really wonderful optical illusion stuff, and one of them, one of the rooms at the very end that you were supposed to work your way up to after about an hour of standing in dark rooms with really cool optical illusions was just a pitch black room. 
and nobody knew it until they sat in there for a half hour to appreciate it. That's cool. Because it was actually like on the on the sign outside said please sit in this room for a half hour alone and appreciate it and it was like what, what, what's going on is there a light that eventually comes on no it was just a dark room the light is in your mind brian <laughs> it comes from within you can cut that out that was really dumb um i went to the yeah, but you actually did it which is even dumber <laughs> yeah <laughs> you ever in the 35 minutes in i said in pennsylvania go and visit the dark room it's cool the dark room well that sounds like art it certainly does and so does twinkle twinkle it. baby which, uh, yeah, I know, it's, it's ruined. You cannot pro- po- properly appreciate that uh, fantastic bit of art. Mm. But I can appreciate Twinkle Twinkle Baby. And uh, let's uh, figure out which one of these is the right uh, description of Twinkle Twinkle Baby. Aline thought that Twinkle Twinkle Baby was a sculpture of a baby made of wax with a lit wick on top, which patrons would watch. And uh, they'd enjoy the baby melting over time. As you do. Actually, that was Brian Hamilton's oh, Brian. art piece. <laughs> a real art piece I saw in New York about a decade ago. Wow. <laughs> wow. Chip and Glenn both thought Uh-oh. that the very bleak pile of crumpled candy wrappers surrounded by barbed wire was Twinkle Twinkle Baby. Nope, that came out of the twisted mind of Erica. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That that was a dream that you had like last a couple nights ago, wasn't it, Erica? I seem to recall something. Don't tell my secrets. Oh my God, barbed wire candy wrappers. Moving on to the twisted one herself, Erica thought that Twinkle Twinkle Baby was enormous cupcakes that appear to have baby deer baked into them. That is, in fact, what Twinkle Twinkle Baby was. Wow! I wanted to be wrong. (laughs) Giant sculptures of pan or cupcakes. Each with a deer head and tail sticking out of either side. Oh no. my god! How? Yes, indeed. Yeah. That was uh, that was uh, that was this young lady's MFA thesis. Wow. Uh, the A stands for art, and the MF stands for something that we can't say on a fan. <laughs> I, I mean, Erica has just searched ahead, has she not? That leaves Brian and Stephen, both of whom thought that uh, Twinkle Twinkle Baby was a hollowed-out classic television set filled with Christmas lights and pacifiers. Nope, that was Chip's happening. So, two points for Chip. Which means, after four rounds, Erica is way out front with 11 points. Holy cow, Erica. I I don't know how to feel, you guys. This has never happened before. It is kind of weird, I gotta say. Uh, Let's see. In second place with six, it's still me. What? What is wrong with you people? This is a crazy round. Let's get with the program. Much. Much is wrong with us. We need a crazy round, Steve. In third place is Glenn with five points. In fourth with four, it's Chip. Uh, tied for fifth, three points each. Uh, Steven and Aline. And taking up the rear, Brian with two. But you didn't mm-hmm. get a point that round, so good job, Brian. You're making your move. The comeback trail starts here. 100% higher score. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a real joy, but let's go back to the words now. And uh, the word for round five is omphaloskepsis. Omphaloskepsis. That's spelled O-M-P-H-A-L-O-S-K-E-P-S-I-S. Omphaloskepsis. This is going to kill me because I I know that I knew that word once and I don't remember it now. Uh, That's that's rough, Glenn. That's rough. I feel for you, buddy. The brain. What is brain? Brain, brain, what is brain? One way or another, you've all got to send me your definitions for omphaloskepsis now. Brain is a funny old thing. It's a big bag of water. 
with some stuff in it. <laughs> Could extend that to the entire human. Exactly. Slightly denser water bag. Or the planet. Oh, it's going to kill me. I know I knew this word, but... Uh, A slightly denser water bag is my my recommendation for the title for this episode. Yes. If not uh, the previously mentioned but unremarked upon mounting a gargoyle. <laughs> unremarked upon because I am a professional. I must I must lodge a protest, Steve. What's that? I've typed each one of these words down as you've yes. read them out, and a uh-huh. little red line with dots came under each of them. Exactly. I think you're making all of this up. It's possible. Not for me, Chip. I don't know. Two in, Words two and four do not show said red line. So my Mac is better. I, maybe it's a Canadian word. Maybe that's Caprification is, is a Canadian thing? Yeah. None of these words ha- are, can be Canadian. They don't have enough U's in them. That's true. Mm. Or A's. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the buffet. <laughs> Love the charity laugh. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one so that's much. Better. Speaking of the uh, art exhibit, I was once at the uh, Massachusetts uh, Museum of Modern Art, MassMoCA, and they had this exhibit. It's an old factory that's converted, and one of the rooms is enormous, and it had this giant bladder, like a big plastic bag full of air that was the size of a whale, and they had air passing through it would go and then they had a player piano reel that was notes written on plastic that went up to the ceiling and down in a continuous loop through a thing that activated bladder control. It It was really, it was amazing, great sounds. It was beautiful, beautiful modern art. Great use of the space. <clears throat> All I heard was bladder. bladder. <laughs> yeah, so usually I sit down with a couple of beers to put these games together, and one thing leads to another, and I wake up the next morning, and there's a game show ready. So, you know, can't uh, say for sure these words are real. <laughs> these are elvish words written by elves. You go to sleep, they do your work for you. That's right. Language I'm feeling pretty skeptical. There's a whole pile of clogs next to me, too, which is very weird. Isn't that how the brownies started? The brownies started through so having a ter- No, that's how Singer invented the uh, sewing machine needle, though. He had a dream. Mm. He's like, how is this going to work? I still think sewing machines are magic. Like, I've, I've used sewing machines many times, and I still don't quite understand how it works. They have the hole in the tip of the needle as opposed to the top. No. I know. I still just can't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. Red, 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 and goes bop, 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 and along. I can't wrap my head around sewing. <laughs> I was... Let alone a machine that I was taught to hand sew when I did theater classes as a teenager. I was warned not to do that as a small boy. Well, it did lead to blindness and madness, so you were right. Yeah. The madness is evident on this episode. This episode? <laughs> Thank you. All of the definitions are in for omphaloskepsis. These are them. See if you can work out which one is real. Omphaloskepsis. The absorption of snakebite venom into the bloodstream. A condition where the jaw wears down over time, most commonly seen in dogs. A sore throat brought about through excessive meditation. Contemplation of one's navel as an aid to meditation. The act of contemplating one's own mind's eye. A disease causing retinal deterioration and eventually blindness. Mm. Or the feeling that everything you hear is wrong. Those are your options for omphaloskepsis. 
I know everything I'm hearing tonight is wrong, but that's I know. Me. It applies to every, <laughs> yeah. every word. Every... I checked and double-checked all of these sources uh, on the internet, which is always right. So, mm. Wikipedia. Let's start off this round with, uh, oh, let's go with Glenn. Why not? Glenn, what is omphaloskepsis? Uh, <clears throat> my very faulty memory did not help me, so I like... Contemplation of Naval. I like that one. Okay. Aline? I was going to go with that one, too. Um, and right, then yep, chose I'll it, do it, right? I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, and then Glenn chose it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Naval Gazing. Okay. Uh-oh. It's a dangerous game you're playing. The deadliest game. I know. The deadliest game. Now I'm scared it's Glenn's. Erica, you care you care to join them? I am pretty evil. Care to jump on the Glen wagon? <laughs> no, I do not. Uh, <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I I'm gonna go with a snake bite one. Okay. Absorption of snake bite venom. Not for any good reason. Mm, delicious. Just because. You know, that's that's wise counsel. Don't try to reason in this game. Brian Hamilton, what do you think is omphaloskepsis? I'm going with Meditation throat. <laughs> Ew. One of my one of my That's favorite uh, death metal bands, by the way. <laughs> I, I saw them open for New Order in 1987. All right, uh, Stephen. What what were the? Uh, there was like three meditation there based were. ones, and there was one. That's right crazy, after that. isn't it? That there would be the, three of those. And what was the one after that? A disease causing retinal deterioration and eventually blindness. Uh, That's the one. That's jumping right over <laughs> meditation. <laughs> And Chip. I'm going to go with contemplating one's mind's <clears throat> eye. All right. Everybody's a little suspicious about that pylon of meditation, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Maybe some people know something about the roots of words. Maybe they don't. We'll just have to find out. Yeah, let's find out right now. Uh, so, Brian thought that omphaloskepsis was a sore throat brought about through excessive meditation. No, Brian, that was Stephen's answer. <laughs> so sorry. Let's, uh, let's go through all these meditation ones. Uh, Chip thought that uh, the act of contemplating one's own mind's eye was omphaloskepsis. That was, in fact, written by Aline. <sighs> Aline, by the way, joined up with Glenn. Uh, a crazy move, if I've ever heard one. You are out <laughs> of control. Thinking both, they both thought that contemplation of one's navel as an aid to meditation was omphaloskepsis. And they were both right. Oh, Two points each. My brain. So close to choosing that. It came to me after I gave my own clue. Interesting. Uh, Stephen thought that omphaloskepsis was a disease causing retinal deterioration and eventually blindness. That was the guy who actually mentioned blindness mere seconds before this round began, Glenn Fleischman. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> And Erica Crap. thought it might be the absorption of snake bite venom into the bloodstream. That was actually Chip's answer. <sighs> Woo. I know. So, after five rounds, here's how we stand. Erica still has a lead with 11 points. Didn't move at all in that round, though. Uh, in second place, all by himself, Glenn with eight. Tied for third with six each, Aline and myself. In fifth place with five is Chip. In sixth place with four is Steven and. In seventh place, still with two points, is Brian Hamilton. We love you, Brian. It's all right back there, though, right, Brian? I mean, you're just you're just chill. You just don't feel like you know you gotta 
really exert yourself. You just feel like, you know, hey, it's cool. I'll hang out there in the back and then I'll make my move at the end. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for making me look uh, not as bad as I thought I would, Brian. It's it's very nice of you. Brian, you're a valuable member of the team. Yes. You're the caboose in this train of life that we are on. <laughs> it's very quiet right now. I think he's licking his wounds. Are you still with us, Brian? <laughs> yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a breakdown, but he's here. (laughs) Well, let's move on. Let's not dwell on that too much, and we'll move on to round six. The word for round six... Oh, wait a minute. It's round six. I didn't even realize it. Oh, my God. It's the crazy round. Wow. Oh, my God. The the Flyhouse house cat dropped by. Who was expecting that to happen? Not me. This round is so crazy, even random characters from other podcasts can drop by for no apparent Hello. reason. <laughs> and just as just like that, he's gone. Uh, so, the crazy round, where anything can happen, uh, it starts now. Uh-oh. And the word for this craziest of rounds is this. Swink. Swink. S-W-I-N-K. Swink. Would you please send me your definitions for swink now? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Some ball hooter hooting up those balls like a lumberjack hooting up those balls. I figured I'd provide this round's music. That was was delightful. Were you you playing that on a swink? Um, Yes, yes. It's uh, covered in cat fur, roughly woven hemp and cat fur. It comes in a pair. It's a swink set. Swink. 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 I actually have been a little disappointed that the uh-oh hasn't made more appearances. I do enjoy the Flophouse house cat. But for some reason, the uh-oh always makes me laugh. The ukulele completely derailed me. <laughs> ukulele always derails me. Guys, stop talking about it. Otherwise, Jason can't really edit this in. <laughs> it can't be the background music if we're talking about the background music as it's happening. Sure it can. This is a meta show. Our listeners are are pretty smart. They're sophisticated. They're savvy. Handsome. And yet they're listening to this. I know. Yes, in fact, be lied by the fact that they are listeners to this show. Mm -hmm. It's a conundrum. Wrapped in an enigma. Inside a raccoon. (laughs) Mounted on a gargoyle. With a ball hooter. Surrounded by barbed wire. In Honeytown. (laughs) Well, that's... How else are you going to mount a raccoon to a gargoyle? you got to use a ball hooter. Otherwise, you're in danger of caprifying the thing. Nobody wants that. Right tool for the right job, and the right job for mounting a raccoon to a gargoyle is a ball hooter. Everybody knows that. Raccoon to a gargoyle. I'm moving, uh, playing this game of chess, I'm moving raccoon to gargoyle four. And checkmate. That may be the glennest sentence I've ever heard. Yahtzee! How about a nice game of moon chess? All right. All right. We've got some definitions. How low are they? They're pretty low. (laughs) They could go lower, 
So the word was swink. 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 And uh, you guys all came up with uh, definitions for that word. None of which were right, but they're all pretty good in their own way. So uh, I will read them to you now. Swink. A small marsupial indigenous to the Cook Islands. I hear Glenn's ears perking <gasps> up already. <laughs> a type of sailcloth used by the ancient Phoenicians. Oh, there's the cloth. <laughs> Jury is out on how woven or not woven that cloth may be. A special kind of 19th century noose. Labor, semicolon, coil. <laughs> Semicolon drudgery. That's right, folks. Two semicolons. Say, say that. Say that again. I got labor. Semicolon toil. Semicolon drudgery. I semicolon can't. Semicolon stop. Semicolon oh, saying. No. Semicolon. Oh dear. Striking a golf ball with the shaft of the club. A term for a dandy in England between the world wars. Or. A slang term from the 1940s, which denotes the act of a man trying to pick up a woman at a dance. Those are your options what? for swing. What was the striking with a club one? Uh, striking a golf ball with the shaft oh, of the ball. club. Oh. You just heard shaft and blocked everything out. I'm you? just talking about <laughs> definitions. So, uh, first up to choose from those fabulous definitions for swink is Aline. Aline, what do you think about Swink? Well, we've got two that are similar, so like um I'm I'm gonna go with the dandy in England. Alrighty. Erica I am going to go with a noose. Hmm. Good choice. After all this I'm feeling yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I've already got mine ready. Brian, what do you think? Hmm. What was hmm. the second one again? A type of sailcloth used by the ancient Phoenicians. That one. Okie dokie. Sailcloth for Brian. Stephen, what do you think? Given that it's my first time on low definition, uh, I'm going to go with the semicolon one. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> All right. Stephen for the semicolons and Chip. I'm going to go with the marsupial. Okay. Why not? That was my second choice. Hey, it's the 21st century. You do what makes you happy, man. Anything that I choose that hasn't been picked by somebody else is another shot at denying Steve six points. Hmm. So this is all about... Uh, I like the metagaming. It's all about messing with me, huh? That's how it is. All right. All right. Well, fine. not all of it. Like, you know, 90-10. We fake Canadians know how to play with spite, Steve. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, uh, so just despite you, I'm going to let Glenn choose next. Glenn, what really? Do you think? Oh, I, wait, I got to choose. I got to choose. Yeah, you What's get to choose. About? It's just I a thing we do. Worked. It's called the game I'm... that we've been playing for the last an hour, hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, I was misunderstood. Uh, I would like the shaft, please. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Glenn. You hear that very Give often. me the shaft, Steve. All I'm asking. <laughs> Who's the definition so low that Glenn Fleischman is all aglow? <laughs> it's Shaft. Yeah, can you dig it? I can dig it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the votes. And uh, you guys really spread them out that time. 
trying to lock you out, man. It's kind of rude, really. Let's start from the top. Uh, Chip Sutter thought that a small marsupial indigenous to the Cook Islands might be a swink. Nope, that's the definition arrived at by Stephen. Brian thought that a swink was a type of sailcloth used by the ancient Phoenicians. Uh, Many players have been roped in by the use of any kind of cloth type (laughs) or or fiber type definition. And in this case, you were roped in by the queen of fiber type definitions, (laughs) Erica Enside. Very nice. I'll take a a little while. It don't mean a think if it ain't got that swink. Speaking of uh, roped... Tit for tat here, Erica was fooled by a special kind of 19th century noose written by Brian Hamilton. <laughs> High five, Brian. Quid pro quo, Erica. All the noose that fits, you print. Glenn thought that striking a golf ball with the <gasps> shaft of the club was swink. <clears throat> nope, that was Chip's oh. answer. Uh, well, Aline. Chip is a kind of golf ball, golf swing, so there you go. Aline thought that a slang term from the 1940s, I'm sorry, Aline thought that a term for a dandy in England between the world wars was a swink. Nope, that's Glenn. Mm. And that leaves Stephen, who thought that uh, perhaps labor semicolon toil semicolon drudgery with all of those semicolons was the correct definition for swink. He is correct. Labor oh my semicolon God. toil semicolon yeah. drudgery is wow. a definition that I did not write, but found verbatim on the internet for the word swink. <laughs> right on. I immediately <clears> fell <throat> in love and decided that was the word for the crazy round. I told it you it was crazy. Was See, whoop, whoop, it's whoop. crazy. Two oh, semicolons make semicolons. a full colon. Well, that round was so crazy that uh, I feel like maybe we need to take a break from the word games, and instead we'll do something that I call Super Mega Crazy Nippon TV Go! Exclamation mark. mark. Uh, Let's see. How can I describe this? Uh, Japanese game shows and variety shows. They're well known for featuring zany, sometimes risque challenges of skill, willpower, or endurance. Uh, For example, the long-running variety show... I'm totally going to butcher this. Sorry, Japanese people. Gaki no Tsukai. No idea. It's as close as I can come, though. Features a recurring segment called Chinko Machine, which challenges players to perform a tricky task, such as reciting a tongue twister, and if they fail, a machine kicks them in the crotch. In this round, I will give you the name of a segment from a Japanese game show or variety show. You tell me what that segment actually entails. Got it? No, okay. Right. I think I'm going right. to get it. All right. So uh, this this particular segment is from a show called Tokyo Friend Park Two, <laughs> and uh, and the segment is called. I'm not going to spell this, by the way. You guys are just going to have to work it out how it's spelled. Choo Choo Busters. Choo Choo Busters. That's right. The segment is called Choo Choo Busters. And I would like you all to tell me. What happens in a round of Choo Choo Busters? Please send me your idea of Choo Choo Busters. Now. Tokyo Friend Park 3, I think, is universally acclaimed as the best one. But, uh, <laughs> you will be Tokyo surprised Park to, to learn that this was, in fact, in it, right? this was, in fact, the sequel to Tokyo Friend Park. Tokyo Friend Park 2 is Electric Choo Choo Busters. <laughs> electric... <laughs> Electric Booga Choo Choo. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Uh, 
No idea why they felt they couldn't just revive Tokyo Friend Park and not add the two. Uh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> you guys are great. That's one word for it. The thing is, I'm pretty sure David Lore would have gotten all of these right as well. <laughs> David Lore probably plays Choo Choo Busters at home. Ooh. T-M-I. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't know what was happening. That should be the subtitle to this whole show. (laughs) (laughs) We have fun. We really do. Yeah, we kind of do. I'll have to take your word for that. The problem with this game is I never actually learn any new words because I always remember one or two of the incorrect definitions, Mm -hmm. not the correct definition. So I learned Burgoo. I'll never forget Burgoo. That's true. That one I will always remember. That's going to come in real handy, too. We'll always have Burgoo. Well, if we visit David, we'll go visit David. Uh, That's a good point. It might prevent you from accidentally ordering Burgoo. Yes. Oh, the waiter says, would you like the Burgoo? You say, no. Oh, God, no. Thank you. I, if I ever do visit David, I am absolutely ordering and eating burgoo. I would love it. Because he I would love not. to try it. I'm not eating. Is there squirrel in it? Or what so, is sometimes it does, but I think mm-hmm. generally it does not. I have family that lives pretty much in the same town as David, so if it's I ever get around stew. to visiting them. Yeah, it's just stew. Just relax. Just just calm mm-hmm. down, everybody. Just calm down. It's stew. It's just stew. It's stew. All right. All I'll de- stop stewing. I'm Stuart Wellington. Uh, all the definitions are now in Whoa. for... Well, they aren't really Stuart definitions, Wellington. are they? All the definitions, all of the descriptions are in for the Japanese game show segment, Choo Choo Busters. It's up to you guys to decide which of these is the actual way that Choo Choo Busters works. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. I really have to stop. So, choo-choo busters. Contestants dive into a small vat of chewing gum and have to select the one piece that has a ball bearing in it. (laughs) Ouch. A life-sized game of whack-a-mole in which the contestants must punch mice with boxing gloves. (laughs) Contestants who fail to answer trivia questions correctly are forced to eat obscene quantities of cake. A contestant must see how many candies they can fit in their mouth. Contestants must battle one another with staffs while riding atop one-third scale train models on tracks which move back and forth in unpredictable patterns. The first person to be unseated from their model train loses the round. Confusion and delay, am I right? (laughs) Train jousting? Is that how we'd abbreviate that? Oh, Thomas. Contestants get to pick from a table full of both tasty and disgusting foods and insects and force other contestants to eat them. The nastier the item, the more points the contestant gets for eating it without vomiting. Or, contestants must answer a pop culture question. If they get it right, they must eat a slice of cake as fast as they can. If they get the question wrong, their opponents all take turns smashing cakes into the contestant's face. (laughs) One of those is Choo Choo Busters. 
What's what's the one before mice and boxing gloves? I didn't catch that one entirely. That's the first one. That yes. is contestants dive into a small vat of chewing gum oh. and have to select the one piece that has a ball bearing in it. Wow. Okay. All right. Everybody ready? It's a no, lot to take in. No. <laughs> yep. It could be worse. You could be playing choo-choo busters. All right. We'll start out round seven <laughs> with Erica. I am going to go for the whack-a-mole mice one because it's the only one that doesn't directly deal with food. Okay, whack-a-mole for Erica. Brian. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too and okay. have it be the one. Roughly 40 of these had cake in them somewhere, so you're going to have to narrow that down for me. Uh, the one that involved choo-choo busters, Steve. Oh, that one. Is yeah, it the uh, forced to eat obscene quantities of cake? Forced or... to eat obscene qualities of cake, yes. Or the one where they get the cake smashed in their faces? Uh, no, no, no. No wasting cake here. This okay. is a family show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's cake abuse. Steven, which of these is Choo Choo Busters? Um, well, the smashing of cake into one's face uh, mm, uh... is actually a popular primetime show in Japan right about now, but I don't think it's Choo Choo Busters. I'm going to go with the, uh, the whack-a-mole mouse punching game. All right. Mm. Well, you're a couple hanging out with the whack-a-mole game. That's uh, that's cute. Yeah. I so like romantic, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Anybody want to be the third wheel? <laughs> hey, Chip, you want to be the third wheel on the yeah. whack-a-mole game? Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to see how many candies fit in their mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, this just got weird. Honeymoon. <laughs> okay. Glenn Fleischman. Oh, I think Metric Steven was doing a double bluff, and I'm going with Pop Culture Smash Face Cake. That's my answer. Pop Culture Smash Face Cake. <laughs> You're listening to NPR's <laughs> Pop Culture Smash Face I believe they, they wrote that song, uh, Cake Star, right? I, yeah. 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 I got nothing. Okay. Uh, and Aline. Uh... uh Red. Um. All right. How how many candy can how how much candy can they fit in their mouth? Okay. Actually, actually, c considering the band cake, was that last one you actually smashed members of the band cake into the contestants' faces? <laughs> it's or? it's a it's a super group of Smash Mouth and cake. <laughs> cake. Yes. Oh, okay. I want all a girl right. with the choo choo buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! It's a really. Really bad Ghostbusters reboot. Ha ha. <laughs> you thought they had trouble with women playing Ghostbusters. Watch this. I've lost control. Okay, so <laughs> the votes are in. Uh, let's see which one of these is Choo Choo Busters. Uh, Brian <clears throat> thought that Choo Choo Busters was, uh, it involved contestants who would answer trivia questions, and if they failed, they'd be forced to eat obscene quantities of cake. Nope, those obscene quantities of cake were provided by Chip. Chip. Sorry. Moving on oh, to Chip. Cool. Chip and Aline both thought that uh, Choo Choo Busters involved a contestant who must see how many candies he or she could fit in his or her mouth. That uh, that actually came from Brian Hamilton. Two points for Brian. Doubled my score. <laughs> Woo! <Yeah. laughs> Glenn believed that contestants in Choo Choo Busters must answer a pop culture question, and uh, if they were to fail... Everybody would smash cakes in their faces. Yeah. No, that was Erica's idea. So. Oh, nemesis. Haha, <laughs> 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 I'm in your head. Get me out, get me oh, out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, it's a dangerous place to be. It's full of raccoons. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Stephen and Erica sitting in a whack-a-mole game. Uh, W-I-N-N-I-N-G, because that is Choo Choo Busters. Wow. As Hooray. I, honestly, I think Sega I'm... Sega game Choo Choo Rocket, in which you put mice into a rocket ship. You should know. Oh. I think this is the saddest I have ever been to be right about something. This is, <laughs> It's yeah. not real mice. They're fake mice. Me. Okay. Me okay. Too. Then I feel better. Yes. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not real. It's, uh, it's Chinatown. All right. So <laughs> after seven rounds, Japantown, sorry. My bad. Uh, after, after seven rounds, Erica is way out front with 15 points. <gasps> Jeez ah. Louise. Oof. I think this is her game. I think this is the one. She's three points away from we a win. We are the champions. I don't know. I'm not celebrating yet. <laughs> not quite yet. Uh, tied for second with nine points each, Stephen and Glenn. Whoa. Tied for, oh, I'm sorry, by himself in fourth with seven points is Chip. Tied for fifth with six points each, Aline and me. And Brian's making his move. He's still in the back, but he has five points, and he could overtake us at any time. Any time watch your back erica because everyone's <laughs> gonna choose mine and i'm gonna guess the right one and i'm gonna get the right definition before the round and i'm gonna win this <laughs> there's a logic wow. problem there but i'll leave it to you <laughs> i'd be out. scared i'd be scared i think i think brian wants it i think he I'm wants trembling. it more than anybody else here i'd be trembling in my now... boots if i was wearing anything on my feet at all i'm now calling myself metric glenn all right <laughs> well let's see what he does in round eight the word for round eight is this. Mm-hmm. Egrotat. Egrotat. That word is spelled A-E-G-R-O-T-A-T. Egrotat. It's crazy. Feels like we just did round eight. No, the crazy round was round six. I'm having... <laughs> That's right. Or was it? I'm having a definition of voo. Oh, What? Deja vu, but for definition? <laughs> I'm just having def- <laughs> definer's block. Definition foo? <laughs> okay, I'm going to make sure and paste it in the correct window, because that would be bad. Mm, yeah, it'd be horrible if somebody screwed this thing up. <laughs> that would be terrible if anything ever went wrong I, with this. I would not God. like that. I, if I was the one who messed up a, a podcast like this, I would be so embarrassed. That would be terrible. <laughs> Thank I don't know. God I never screw up. What would ever happen to someone like that? All right, the uh, the definitions are in for round eight. Round? Round eight. The word was egrotat, and these are the definitions provided. A hang glider made of balsa wood. A European raptor. A cloud formation that forms out of the plume of a volcano. Gratitude. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what? what do you want? It's just Gratitude. imposition of the other ones. That's Gratitude. Gratitude. I would thank you not to mention it. <laughs> a monastery that funds its operations through agriculture. A medical certificate excusing an ill student from lectures or exams. Or a small, excessively vocal bird native to Eastern Europe. Is it tasty? <laughs> no, it's less tasty it's than the modern well, chicken. It's modern, but it's, not so tasty. Not so tasty that bird. Oh so those God. are your options wow. for uh, for Igratat. Well, and uh, hope you enjoyed them. Like them. Mm. Now you got to choose from them. <gasps> what? 
So uh, we'll start this one off with Brian. Brian, what do you think uh, an egretad is? The note that excuses the ill student. All righty. It's about an F sharp. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And that was an A flat. Okay. <laughs> uh, who's next? Steven. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the bird. The small, excessively vocal bird? That's the one. Or the year. Okay. If Got you're it. lucky, the bird is the word. Oh, no. Oh, no. Chip, what do you think? I think it's a hang glider. Do you now? I do. All right. I'll put you down for a hang glider. How's about that? Uh, that, that works for me. Works for me. Thanks, man. Excellent. All right. Uh, another satisfied customer. Glenn. Um, Steve, for everything you do to make this show possible, I express uh-huh. gratitude. Oh, you do, do you? Yes. And that's I really appreciate that, Glenn. But, oh, this was really just kind of a ploy for you to choose that as your definition. Yeah, I, I'm it? an ungrateful bastard. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. Fine. Gratitude to you, and uh, you are welcome to it. All right. Uh, Aline, what do you think an egretad is? Um, um, let's an agricultural monastery. All righty. And that leaves Erica. Erica, what do you think? I'm going to go with the cloud formation over a volcano. All right. It just sounds pretty. Basically running the mm. gamut. Well, I just realized this, could, right. this is sudden death, right? This could be it, couldn't it? It certainly could. Oh, my God. Erica's within striking distance. Well, let's see how that all went down then, shall we? Uh, Chip thought that an egretat was a hang glider made of balsa wood. That was Brian's answer. One point for Brian. Erica thought that a cloud formation that forms out of the plume of a volcano was an egrotat. Uh, that was actually Stephen's answer. Arr. I hope we've not just created marital strife. <laughs> we are a house at war. You've created, you've created an egrotat. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> I always wondered what a mandibula was. Glenn, uh, you thought that an egrotat or egrotat was just straight up gratitude. That's what you thought. Uh, uh, and you, uh, uh, you know, you, you kind of you kind of had a hurtful way of getting to it, but I forgive you. Uh, and uh, and I say with some relish that in fact that is not correct. Erica oh. came up with gratitude. Nemesis. But I but I feel gratitude toward you right now for picking it. Thanks, Glenn. I feel mm. I feel grateful for that. Aline thought that a monastery that funds its operations through agriculture was an egrotat. Nope, that was Glenn's answer. Oh, Glenn! Glenn! Oh. Glenn! Ah, uh, Brian believed that a medical certificate excusing an ill student from lectures or exams was an egretat. And he was exactly right. An wow. egretat is a medical wow. certificate excusing an ill student from lectures or exams. Let that be a lesson to all of you. That's how you get two points in a round. What a... Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and indeed, get out of writing an exam. <laughs> that leaves Stephen, who thought that a small, excessively vocal bird native to Eastern Europe was an egretat. That was Aline's answer. So one point for Aline. It's not three points, but it's one point. So that's something. It's a point. I, it's a point. I'd like to add an asterisk that I think just we haven't discovered the bird. Yet. <laughs> and when I do discover that bird, it will be called an Every one of these definitions is probably a future alternative definition. Uh, for when language breaks down completely. 
<laughs> exactly. Some, already. some months from they now. They have podcasts to inform them. All right, so after round eight, here are the scores. Erica still leads with 16 points. She got one more that round, only mm-hmm. two away from the win. Tied for second with 10 points each, Stephen and Glenn. Uh, tied for our fourth, I'm sorry, alone in fourth with eight points, Brian. He really has made his move. He got three points that round. Nice job, Brian. Oh, less I. Uh, tied for fifth with seven points each, Chip and Aline. And uh, there in the rear, my traditional position is me. Six points for me. You were in, you were in second place. This is kind of like, you know, how the Padres sometimes come out like five and one to start the season and then, you know. Yeah, I just turned that knife. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I like going for the local angle, Steve. Welcome to round nine. This is something I like to call plots, P-L-O-T-Z with a Z. A very clever person came up with that title. Uh, and just because I'm feeling a little, uh, I'm feeling generous tonight, I think I'm going to give Alina a point for no good reason. So there you go. Uh, this is a round we've played it once before. Uh, basically, I'm going to give you the title of a movie, and you are going to write for me the capsule description of what happens in that movie, similar to what oh, you would man. see on, say, the TiVo, when you're browsing through the channels, trying to figure out what you should, would want to watch. Uh, for instance, if uh, if you were to run across Raiders of the Lost Ark, you might see the description, an archaeology professor races Nazis in a globetrotting hunt for the Ark of the Covenant. If you were, say, about to watch Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, you might see the description, see Star Wars Episodes 4 through 6. So, I'm going to give you the title. <laughs> you give me the definition. The title of the movie is this. Oh, Dad, Poor Dad, Mama's Hung You in the Closet, and I'm Feeling So Sad. I did not make that up. I know you didn't. <laughs> I'm aware of that film. That name is of the, the real movie. The real name of a movie. Oh, Dad, poor Dad, Mama's hung you in the closet, and I'm feeling so sad. Please send me the capsule description for that film now. Ah, interesting. Interesting. You hear that, boys? That's the silence of people writing gold for movies. If only there were typewriters. <laughs> Clackety clack clack clack. I have just one question, Steve. Yes, sir. Where do you find these things? Oh, you know, I dig them up here and there. Mostly, I make them up. I mean, I find them on the internet and uh, verify that they are in fact true. Using other internets. All of your, um, all of your capsule synopses for this movie are in. Again, the name of the movie was "Oh Dad, Poor Dad." Mama's hung you in the closet, and I'm feeling so sad. Uh, and um, these are your capsule synopses. Synopses, <laughs> loosely based on the works of Poe. A psychotic mother has murdered her husband and forces her child to keep it a secret. An overbearing mother vacations at a luxurious Caribbean resort, bringing along her son and the stuffed corpse of her dead husband. <laughs> when Janet accidentally cheats on her husband, a comedy of divorce court uh, I'm sorry, a comedy of divorce court errors ensues. A biopic of little-known 1950s country artist Tex Arcana, whose troubled childhood involved his mother killing his father 
and led to a tumultuous and short life on the road trying to become a star in Nashville. A family deals with the fallout of infidelity, poverty, and domestic violence. Or a young, blind blues singer finds fame and destiny. Oh, and I forgot to mention this. We have our first sad face of this game because Glenn Fleischman apparently <laughs> knows, oh, dad, poor dad, mama's hung you in the closet and I'm feeling so sad. Womp, womp, I feel like if anybody was going to know it and get the free three points for that, it would have been Glenn. Womp. But the rest of you are stuck trying to guess which one of those is correct. So let's start with Steven this round. I'm going to go with the psychotic mother one. Yeah, which one was that? <laughs> that was the one where uh, she murders her husband and forces, and forces her child, to, keep child it a secret. to be quiet. All right. You yeah. got it. Uh, Chip, what do you think? I'm going to go with the, with the ironic title, and I'll say it's a, co- a divorce court comedy. Okay. So that, that was uh, When Janet Accidentally Cheats on Her Husband, a comedy of divorce court errors ensues. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Glenn doesn't get to guess. He's already ruined Ooh. this round. Ooh. <laughs> Aline, which Ooh. of those do you think is this crazily long named movie? Um, no, oh geez. Um, why not take your husband's corpse on a vacation in the Caribbean? Why not? Yeah. Seems, seems like a thing to do. Why Erica. Not? I'm going to say it was the first one based on the works of Poe. Based on the works of Poe. And Brian. I think this is a Panic of the Disco song, but I can't say that. Um, <laughs> here, here. I think it's the one about the... Sounds like a Friends episode title. <laughs> yeah, the one with the closet and the husband and the hanging in the sat. <laughs> that was the title. <laughs> the title is as long as a blurb, really. Mm. Okay. I think it's the very last one. Very last one. A young blind blues singer finds fame and destiny. I'm a fan of that. All right. All righty then. Well, let's go through them all. Uh, this one was loosely based on the works of Poe. A psychotic mother has murdered her husband and forces her child to keep it a secret. Both Stephen and Erica thought that sounded like a good choice. That was actually Aline's capsule uh, description. Ah. Dang. Next up we have an overbearing mother vacations at a luxurious Caribbean resort, bringing along her son and the stuffed corpse of her dead husband. Aline thought that sounded good, and she was right. <laughs> that, is actually that. The, that is actually the plot of Oh Dad, Poor Dad, Mama's Hung You in the Closet and I'm Feeling So Sad. Wow. Oof. That is Four bizarre. points. Chip liked later remade his weekend at Birdie's. Exactly. Chip liked when Janet accidentally cheats on her husband. A comedy of divorce court errors ensues. That was Brian's. I'm there uh, for you, Brian. Nobody went for Stevens, a biopic of little-known 1950s country artist Texarkana, whose troubled childhood involved his mother killing his father and led to a tumultuous and short life on the road to trying to become a star in Nashville. Texarkana, really? So, so okay. sorry, Steven. I've <laughs> I was pleased I by that name. Hotel in Texarkana once. Likewise, nobody went for Erica's A Family Deals with a Fallout of Infidelity, Poverty, and Domestic Violence. Uh, but Brian did go for Chips. A young blind blues singer finds fame and destiny. So, what, what does that mean? 
Uh, that means that uh, in this round, no points for Erica. So she's still sitting oh at 16. <laughs> and here we oh, This is the death, the death round. <laughs> uh, coming closer, in second is Glenn Fleischman with 13 points. What? In third with 12, it's Aline. Uh, in fourth with 10, it's Steven. In fifth with nine, it's Brian. In sixth with eight points, it's Chip. And in last with sixth, it's me. Okay. Remember when you were first, Steve? It was great. Remember when this game started? I don't. Nope. Okay. <laughs> oh. So, moving on to round 10. Could this be the last round? Who knows? Oh, God. Help us all. Help <laughs> As us. Steve frantically grabs the dictionary. <laughs> oh, no. I have words coming out my ears. It makes it very hard to hear. The word for round 10 is this. Putify. Putify. P-U-D-I-F-Y. Putify. How dare you? (laughs) Please send me your definitions for the word putify now. I hear the new Beyonce album is a putify exclusive. (laughs) No. The thing is sporkify. (laughs) I hear it's only played in Foon. If you want to hear the new Beyonce album... Whisper your deepest, darkest secret to an acorn and bury that acorn nearest to a tree and then burn the tree in the midnight hour. Then I will come to you with the Beyonce album. I heard Brian had two buttholes. What? <laughs> I just heard that. It's the first I've heard of it. Well, first, for, well, I heard it from uh, the guy at the, the bar. Hello, I'm Buggery Chubbins. Oh, no, now we've devolved. Oh, I'm Buggery Chubbins. Don't suppose you'd want to buy a chamber pot? My father left me this chamber pot business. All right, all right. Let's uh, have to write a definition, or can we just keep calling magic? You do. It's putify. (laughs) The word is putify. You need to send me those definitions. Hmm. I do have a question. Okay. When does the hurting stop? Oh, the hurting. Oh, it never stops, Chip. It just goes and goes. Uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, these are interesting words. Things get a little cagey at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Can't I thought, you know, this will be a shorter podcast than the Game of Thrones show, and I don't have to watch a show beforehand, and yeah. most people probably aren't on the West Coast, and it'll be fu- <clears throat> one in the morning. Uh. <laughs> Not so cranky about David ending the game after six rounds anymore, are we? Can't. <laughs> Can't sleep. Steve made to find me. Can't sleep. Steve made to find me. <laughs> We're about to break 200 megabytes on my file, guys. <laughs> we. I'll be there. You got a big file. That's what they say. You know, <laughs> big man, big, big file. Glenn, you going to come up with a definition or have you been putified? Maybe. Maybe. Whew. Wow. Putify, am I right? No. You're probably not. No. I, bet, I bet most of us are not. Nope. Okay. Bing. Oh, okay. There he is. Google. There he is. <laughs> there. No, Google. He is. I don't know the meaning of that word. Google? I'm going to Google it. Alexa, add Podify. You don't know the meaning shopping. of the word Google, and yet you're hey, going to Google Siri. something? That seems incorrect. All right. All the definitions are in for the word Podify. These are them. To sink a boat for the purpose of blocking a harbor. 
to cause one to be ashamed, to grind into a mealy paste, the act of drying manure for fuel, to shape a column, frugal-born practice of making a savory pudding from the remainders from the preservation of meat, or the process of puppy of I'm sorry, the process of a puppy growing into an adult dog. Those are your choices for Putify. And the first person who gets to choose from those is Chip. What do you think, Chip? Which of those is Putify? I I think that this is not an aesthetically pleasing word. <laughs> <laughs> this word sucks. Wow. I've heard and that therefore, one before. Therefore, I'm going to inflict upon it the definition dry manure for fuel. Drying manure for fuel. All right. Glenn, you're up. Grind into paste. Grind into a mealy paste. Mealy paste. Aline. And see the lamentations of their women. <laughs> How do you see lamentations? What? I'm curious. Don't laminate women. That's awful. No, I'm not that uh, curious. I'm not that curious. Let's move on. Aline. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I hate to say this. I'm with Glenn again. I'm with Glenn again. Glenn again. Glennigan. I was. I, I like Glennigans. I mean, it's not you know the the the. There's not as much crap on the walls as TGI Fridays, but they have good beer. Their their cheese straws mm. are tasty. Two hundred uh, megabytes, guys. Erica. Well, I would record. All of these sounded kind of good. I, I was having trouble picking through between all of them. The only one that didn't sound good to me was the one of shaping something into a column. So I'm going to pick that one simply because all it stands right. out. Seems weird, but okay. Brian. Mm. Strategically sinking a battleship. Uh, for the purpose of blocking a harbor. You got it, dude. Oh, thanks, man. And um, did we do Steve? We didn't do Steven. Steven, what do you think? Uh, drying manure. Mm, it's delightful. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the votes are in. Uh, let's see how that went down. Uh, Brian thought that, uh, that to putify was to sink a boat for the purpose of blocking a harbor. Let me Actually, guess, Aline. No, that was oh. Erica's, which means that Erica is within Ooh. one point of the win. Let's see if she gets it. Ah, <sighs> uh, let's see. Glenn and Aline <clears throat> both thought that uh, to grind into a mealy paste was to putify. Nope, that was Steven's answer. Bop, bop. <laughs> Uh, Stephen and Chip both thought that the act of drying manure for fuel was to putify. No, that was Glenn's answer. Crap. So drying one of the crap. remaining ones is the correct answer. Is it the one Erica picked to shape a column? Nah, that's the one that Chip picked, or that uh. Chip wrote. <laughs> so we're still going, folks. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I'd like, no. Hey, um, hey, uh, yes, sir. Yes. Steve, I'd like to call a lifeline. David Lore is available <laughs> to get on phone the call. Friend. <laughs> like to phone He's available. He said he is. Help. This, this Help, round podcast for sure. I can't get up. Bring him in. By the way, the correct answer, the correct definition for Putify is to cause one to be ashamed. No, I that assume you're all Putify. We are all Putify. We can bring in that Dave. six more points for me. That also means that I am within no. one round of winning no. this game. We, no. we could bring in David, and it could be sudden death. 
I so hate at the end of ten, <laughs> Erica still leads. She's within one point. She's so close. <laughs> She's got seventeen. But so are you, Steve. So are you. In second place is Glenn with fifteen points. He's also within striking distance. He could win at this round too. A uh, three-way tie for third with twelve points each. Stephen, Aline, and myself. Uh, and then taking up the lead or taking up the rear, tied with nine points each. Brian and Chip. Let's do round eleven. This is the one. This is the one. This is where it ends. Somebody's going to win it here. <clears throat> Maybe. And they're going to win it on this word. Panage. Panage. P-A-N-N-A-G-E. Panage. Please send me your definitions for panage now. <laughs> Sounds believable. What just happened? I'm calling David. Just don't stop me. I'm going to call him in. I can just hit that add button and boom. David colon lore, comma, J. I'm Aaron Mankey, and this is David J. Lore. I don't get that. I refuse. I'm still kicking myself for not getting that last one right. So close. It's really my fault, isn't it? It's always your yes. fault. Mm-hmm. Imperial chip. Now I'm picturing chip with a crown, like the you know imperial margarine crown. I can believe that's not butter, actually. Imperial, margarine, <laughs> for what it's worth. So it's clear that some of you just given up. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I'm low, losing this is, my ability to form sentences. <laughs> this is low. It's all understandable. This is low death march now. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge over river. Why, Steve? Why? <laughs> Anyone that listens to the uh, the unedited raw Skype files will be treated to an inglorious bastard's length recording of this podcast. <laughs> uh, we got Tarantino beat by a mile. Come on, dude. All right, all of the definitions are in. I'm so for excited. Manage. There's a terrible, there's a terrible possibility that this might not be the last round. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! By the way, if it's oh no, I do have one more still in the uh, in the tank, Uh-oh. so uh, we're good. Oh, we're all in all the right. tank now. These are the definitions. Find the right one, please. Somebody. <laughs> oh lordy! Okay. Panage, the act of creating cast iron cookware using traditional forging techniques. A type of soft food fed to sick horses. The act of pasturing swine in a forest. The amassed ship-to-ship weaponry of a 15th century vessel. The amount of pan in a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Coarse bread. Or a raft of bad reviews. Those are your options Raft of bad for reviews. Panage. Are the reviews tied we start together? Out, we start out this round with Glenn. Glenn, which of those do you think? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, what will we'll, we'll put us definition. all out of our misery fastest? I don't know. Uh, I like a mass ship-to-ship weaponry. Okay. You would. I do. All right. That's kind of thing. Aline. Um, uh, <laughs> the one with pigs? <laughs> <laughs> the act of pasturing swine in a forest? Sure. All right. Erica. I, I'm going to agree with Aline. I, I like the, the pigs in the forest. 
pigs in the forest. Those are delicious. They're so happy. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes a breakfast like pigs in a forest. It's the, veg- it's the vegetarian version of pigs in a blanket. <laughs> Brian, your choice. Uh, creating cast iron skillet ware, I believe, is one of them. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Steven? I desperately want it to be the amount of... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Why you take it? Just take it. Come on. Oh. But it's got to be the... I'm going with the ship one. The ship artillery right. one. Chip artillery. Chip artillery. And chip. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say soft food fed to six horses. Sick horses. Six, six horses. Six horses. Six, 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 six horses. Six sick horses. You can only eat six at a time. I cannot make it comes words in a no more. And if it's not all eaten, it explodes. <laughs> I'm a little horse. All right. All of the votes well, are in. Uh, Let's see how this went down. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. How's it going to go? Oh, Jesus. We'll find out. Oh, Jesus. So, um, hmm. Brian thought that uh, panage was the act of creating cast iron cookware using traditional forging techniques. Sure. If you're going to pan something, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that actually was Aline's answer. So we'll point to Aline for that. Uh, Chip thought that it was a type of soft food fed to six horses. That was Erica's <laughs> definition. So, oh dear, Erica's over the finish line. Erica yay, wins. Round five of low definition, which she would have won anyway because she and Aline both thought that it was the act of pasturing swine in a forest. Yeah, that was it. That was panage. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, Glenn and uh, Stephen both thought the amassed ship-to-ship weaponry of a 15th century vessel was panage. That was, in fact, Chip's definition. Very nice. It means nothing at this point because Erica has finally won. Yay! Low Yay! definition. Yay! I'm, I'm just sorry. Congratulations. So long. She won with a plum too. She ended up with 20 points. Way to go, nice. Erica. You like to play with your prey. That's all. Play yes, with us. That's it. So. After 11 seemingly endless rounds of low definition, Erica has won. Uh, Tied for second place, super close, were Glenn and Aline with 15 points. In fourth place, again a tie, 12 points each, Stephen and me. Uh, Where are we at? Sixth with 11 points, Chip. Uh, Bringing up the rear, Brian with nine points. See, he kind of just threw it away at the end there. That was him with the amount of pan in a thing. (laughs) You win. You win. I feel like he deserves some sort of special mention just for that. So uh, that was low definition. Thanks for hanging on with us here. Um, If you would like to submit uh, words for future rounds or even some crazy round ideas, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We are at lowdefgs. Uh, The GS stands for Gimme Shelter. Yeah. And. Our email account is lowdefgs at gmail.com. I'd like to thank my players. Thank you, Erica, Brian, Stephen, Chip, Glenn, and Aline. And thank you, the listeners, so much for putting up with us. I'm Steve Lutz, and until next time, look out for that ball hooter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. This will edit down to 15 minutes.